We're back. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of The Shift with Gina. It's been a minute since we've been here, since I've been here, since I've done a solo episode, my last episode. I hope you enjoyed that surrogacy episode with Katie because I I love the topic. I mean, I also kind of hate the topic of surrogacy. I just think it's such an important thing to understand and be able to discuss in a meaningful way because it's becoming so popular. It's becoming so normalized that I think we need to really know what we're up against. So, um, but I'm happy to be back. Happy to be back here for another solo episode. We're going to talk today about federally mandated maternity leave because it became very clear to me. It kind of always was clear to me, but it's, it's really clear to me now how little people understand about this topic and how little women understand about it. Uh, so we're going to take a little dive into maternity leave today and kick off with a viral video that sort of sparked the conversation. I also posted a reel on Instagram that sparked a big conversation about maternity leave. But before we get started, this episode is brought to you by Charlie Skincare. As usual, I'm wearing their moisturizer today. So for those of you ladies who are looking for clean skincare that is not going to make you break out, not going to make your skin more sensitive, I love the ingredients in the Charlie Skincare. The whole line is really great. She's got some different serums for the face and also a facial cleanser that I really like. If I wear makeup at the end of the day, I use a little bit of coconut oil to start to remove the makeup and then I wash the rest of it off with a nice gentle cleanser. I love her cleanser. Usually at night, I don't really use many products. I just kind of put on some beef tallow, but in the morning, if I'm gonna put on makeup, I like to have a nice base of moisturizer. So I use her Revitalizing Daily Moisturizer. Just a really good product. I've been using her stuff for about a year and a half now, so I was really happy when she agreed to partner with me for this little discount that I'm about to give you because great skincare line. Uh, very consciously and carefully made. Nothing is in plastic, ladies. No, none of those endocrine disruptors that you're going to end up slathering all over your face. This is a nice Italian glass. Can you can you hear that? Listen to that. Such a nice sound. I love that. And to get 20% off, just use my code Gina, G-I-N-A. The link is in the description for the episode. Men, get some for your, the ladies in your life. Your wife, your girlfriend, your mom. I don't know, maybe you have a teenage daughter who needs a little bit of nice skincare that's not going to make her break out. Check out Charlie's skincare. Okay, let's get into today's episode. Um, this viral video on TikTok made its way over to Twitter, as many TikToks do, and it shows a mom who just dropped off her daughter or her baby. I don't know if it's a son or a daughter. 13-week-old baby at daycare. It's a very short clip, so let's just take a look and we'll discuss. That will not it says your mom in the U.S. who just had to drop her 13-week-old baby off at daycare because there is no paid maternity leave in our country. That's what it says on the video. So for those of you who are just listening to the audio, you're not watching, that's what it says. It's a, it's a video of a mom in the car crying. She's very upset. She's clutching her heart. And she wrote on the video, POV, point of view, you're a mom in the US who just had to drop off her 13-week-old baby at daycare because there is no paid maternity leave in our country. Um, okay, so she's very upset. It's really hard to see this as a mom. It's really, really hard to see this. 
I saw this video originally from uh, an account on Twitter called Lou in Alaska. If you guys don't follow Lou in Alaska, you should. She's great. She's a mom who lives in Alaska. And she's just she's just so funny. But she also shares videos like this sometimes. And she wrote, my political ideology is doing whatever is necessary to avoid this for moms in my country. And I can totally get on board with that. I don't want to see moms do this either. That This is heartbreaking. Dropping your 13-week-old baby at daycare. They are so tiny. They're so young. They're so small. And then you have to drop the baby off to, to give away to strangers. You don't know who's at that daycare. My mom always told me when we talked about kids at daycare, she would say, it doesn't even matter if there are cameras there. She says, if your child is abused or mistreated, it's done. Even if you catch it on camera, even if you um, if you bring consequences to that person, it's done. The damage is done to your child. So it's just really heartbreaking to see this. First of all, when I watched this video, this is my initial thought. This woman believes that maternity leave is the solution to her pains. That's what she wrote in the video. She said, this, basically, this wouldn't be happening if we had paid maternity leave. She thinks that if she could stay home for another month or two or even for another six months and it would be paid, that this would solve her problem. But maternity leave just delays the same exact scenario, which is a mother being separated from her young children, babies, infants, for 40 to 50 hours a week at least so that they are raised by strangers in daycare. Maternity leave doesn't solve this problem. It just delays the same outcome. So maternity leave is not the solution. Now, there are, I'm going to talk in this episode about alternatives and how we can actually solve this problem, how we can have some practical solutions and take some practical steps, even policy-wise maybe, to help solve the problem of moms dropping off their babies at daycare. But first, let's talk about why federally mandated maternity leave is not a good idea. It's been a hot topic for a long time, and I've recently seen many women on both sides of the political aisle regularly demand that our federal government set a mandate that will require all companies to give mothers a certain length of time of maternity leave when they have a baby. And I've actually been seeing a lot of conservative women who claim to hate feminism. They're like, I'm so anti-feminist, but you know what? We need the government to show women that they're worth it, that their work is is valuable and that they can be moms too. We should mandate maternity leave because that's what they do in the Czech Republic. They're always like, hello, we're the most wealthy and developed country in the world. And how is it that like Germany gives their moms paid leave, but we can't do it yet? Like, why isn't this happening? It's a very naive approach to federally mandated maternity leave, and it's very utopian. It's a very nice idea, I'm sure, that moms would love to get paid to stay home and raise their baby by the government or by their private company that they work for. I'm sure it's a nice idea, but let's talk about this from an economic sense because I'm sorry to tell you that federally mandated maternity leave across the board would actually be bad for our economy. It would be bad for our country. Okay, and let's break this down. So a lot of these women like to talk about countries like France, Germany, the Czech Republic, Hungary. So France mandates eight weeks, which is not that long. Okay, they mandate eight weeks, but usually women get up to 16 weeks. Now that's paid for by the private companies in France. Okay, so the government is mandating that private companies pay for these maternity leaves. In Germany, they're legally entitled to 14 weeks. In Hungary, they legally get 24 weeks. That's six months of paid leave. Now, 
one very important factor of these countries that people in the US fail to understand, they keep comparing us to countries like Hungary and Germany. Do you guys realize how small these countries are compared to the behemoth of the United States? And size does matter, guys. It really does matter, especially when we're talking about economic policies, when we're talking about things that are going to affect all 50 states. The size of our country matters because all 50 states are very diverse in terms of their the little economy of the state, what kind of businesses thrive there, what the average income is in all of these states, even what the hour, the average hourly rate is in minimum wage. We need to be practical and continuously ask ourselves, what is the bet? What is best for our country as a whole? Not what is best for a few thousand moms who are mad because their company only allows them 13 weeks off. Okay, so the population of France is 60 million. Germany, it's about 80 million. That's like two or three, maybe four United States. That's, that's like a fraction. You know, our population is something like 350 million Let's see now, population of USA. Last time I checked, it was about 330 to 350. So it's a 332 million population as of 2021 of the United States. Compared to 60 million, are we going to pretend like that's comparable? And, and Hungary, do you know what the population is of Hungary people? Why don't I give you a little guess? Why don't you rack your brain and guess what the population of Hungary is? It is the size of New York City. Not New York State, New York City. Same with the Czech Republic. Czech Republic gets 28 weeks of paid leave, which is an example that I got from some of the girls in my DMs. They're like, the Czech Republic gives me 28 weeks of paid leave. Why can't you guys do it? Yeah, you guys are the size of New York City. Okay, and there are a lot of other factors in countries like Hungary and the Czech Republic, like strict immigration that play a huge role in the way that your your economy functions. And we're going to talk about immigration a little bit later. So of course, these smaller countries like Hungary and the Czech Republic, it's much easier for them to have these social programs that allow moms to stay home. Now, France, for example, like I said earlier, the employer, the private employer has to pay the maternity leave. In Germany, the private employer has to pay for, I think, most of the leave. Some of it is subsidized by private insurance companies and I think they have a little uh, of a social net for uh, for maternity leave, but most of it's also paid by the private employers in Germany. Now, when I see, the more I see women's comments on my page and in my DMs about paid maternity leave, the more I realize what a mistake universal voting privileges are. I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm simply pointing out that I'm simply pointing out how little people understand about the U.S. economy and the way that our government works. And that's okay if you don't have quite a grasp on it, but if you don't, you shouldn't be voting. Sorry, that's, that's I, I have said this many times, and this is not just about women not voting. Uh, it's really just about universal voting privilege in general because there are plenty of men who have no idea what they're voting for either. And I mean, I had girls in my DM saying things like, we fund so many foreign wars. Why can't we have paid maternity leave? And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I don't think you guys understand how this works. Do you realize who pays for maternity leave in this country? Do you know how it works? It's your employer. Because our government doesn't get involved with private salaries and benefits. 
That's one of the reasons that your taxes are so low compared to the taxes in European countries. You want to pay double in taxes? Is that, is that what you want? I don't think so. You know, the, I, I, look, I am the first to rage against foreign aid being sent out to all these countries. I am, I'm, I'm, it's very upsetting for me when I see it. I talk about it with my husband a lot. It's like we abandon our own fellow Americans and we just send foreign aid across to countries like, you know which countries I'm talking about. I can't even probably name them or else I already get banned. But you can't just redirect. <laughs> you don't just redirect foreign aid to pay moms to stay home with their kids. Okay. And so I don't think a lot of women realize this. They honestly think it's just like, well, the money should go to moms. I want the money to go to moms. And it's a very sweet, naive sort of like, I, when I hear it, I'm like, oh, that, that's, that's cute. Oh, bless her heart. That's cute. It's, you know, as if like a 17-year-old, it's like, I think moms should get paid. And it's like cute. But it's very discouraging to see how little people understand how maternity leave works. And it makes a lot of sense uh, when you look at a lot of things that people are voting for because they just don't know how it works. Okay, so we have to talk about this vast economy of the United States. If we suddenly demand at the federal level that all companies offer, let's say, 20 weeks of maternity leave, even 16, 12 to 16 weeks, okay, let's just say 16 weeks, do you have any idea how that's going to affect small businesses across the country? What's actually going to happen, and this is why I say maternity leave is actually going to be worse for the economy. What's going to happen is that fewer women will get hired because a lot of these small businesses will realize that they cannot afford to bring on so many female employees, especially if they're a certain age and if they're a certain demographic and they're probably expecting to have children in the near future, they're not going to be able to hire all these women knowing that they're not going to be able to afford paid maternity leave. You're also going to end up with more layoffs because small businesses can't afford to pay leave for 16 weeks for a, a, a female employee and then hire someone to do her job for her while she's leaving. So they're basically paying double salary and then maintain all the new employee, all, maintain all the current employees, hire new employees. It's just going to be so much for these small businesses. They're going to end up laying off people. So people are going to lose jobs because of this. And even more than that, small businesses may shut down. A small business in Alabama is not equipped to offer the same paid maternity leave as Google in San Francisco. And so I, I don't say this to be mean. I think women really need to understand this. Women who demand federally mandated maternity leave exclusively come at it from a selfish point of view. Why can't I have what I want? Why can't I have paid maternity leave? I work hard. I popped out a baby. And they have no concern about how this will affect the rest of the middle class, no concern about how this is going to affect small businesses across the country. The ripple effects of this kind of federally mandated policy is not going to be good for the United States. And even more than that, like I said earlier, it doesn't even solve the problem. You have to go back to work and leave your baby to be raised by strangers. It doesn't even solve the problem. We're going to get into that a little bit more when we talk about alternatives, but it's like, I, there was a person who commented like, yeah, but sending your kid to daycare when they're 13 months is really different than 13 weeks. Yeah, it's different, but it's, it's, it's kind of the same. Okay. The child's older, but 
You think that 10 months in the span of your child's entire childhood is gonna make that big of a difference? Okay, I send my baby to daycare at 11 or 12 months versus 13 weeks. That child is still being raised by a stranger. Yeah, the child can probably walk, crawling, eat solid food, maybe doesn't need as much breast milk, probably weaned off breast, breast milk at that point. But the, it's still the same outcome, which is children, young children being raised by strangers. And I would really, the, the only quote baby book that I read when I was pregnant was called Being There by Erica Komisar, who I have a call with next week. And she's hopefully going to be a guest on the show soon because I basically quit my job because of that book. <laughs> it's such a fantastic read to fully understand why a biological mother is extremely important for the first three years of a child's life. Obviously, the biological mother is important for years beyond that. But the first three years are particularly important for the child's development, emotional state, physiology, biology, emotional attachment, the child's ability to handle stress and to handle life as they get older. It has huge effects on the way that the child grows up to have the mommy for the first three years of, of their life. So even if you send your kid to daycare when they're 12 months versus 12 weeks, that's like you're still giving up your child for the most formative years of their young childhood. So again, it doesn't even solve the problem. So it's a lose-lose. You federally mandate maternity leave. It's still you lose by taking mothers away from their young children and you lose by harming the economy. Because again, a small business in the state of Arkansas, for example, or even like a small business in rural Tennessee it does not have the ability to offer a 16-week paid maternity leave. Now, I'm not saying that zero maternity leave should be offered. I'm not saying that maternity leave should never, ever be offered. People often mistake my opposition to federally mandated maternity leave for a complete opposition to all paid leave because many people cannot understand that two things can be true at once. That's not what I'm saying. If a private company can afford a longer leave for their working moms, I think they should offer it. And there are a lot of companies out there that can. I had plenty of friends in the Bay Area when I lived in San Francisco. I had plenty of friends who got like 17 to 28 weeks off paid leave from the tech company that they worked at. And they were able to work from home when they went back to work so they could still breastfeed their baby and be near the baby every day, all day. But you guys, this is not possible for all companies. And we cannot expect all companies to offer this same kind of policy. The only reason that these particular women had these benefits was because their skills were much more valuable and much more and worth much more in the market than a woman who works at, I'm sorry, than a woman who works at like a fast food restaurant or who works, I don't know, in, in, in the service industry. I don't know. Pick any other job. Now, I'm not saying that these women are worth more, that like they're worth more in life because they have a more important job. No, but what I'm saying is that there's something called the market. And for example, my friends who got these really long maternity leaves, one of them was a lawyer at a big tech company. Another one was a marketing executive at a tech company. Another one was an executive assistant for a CFO at a tech company. Okay, so 
This is why I'm not against women investing in a skill or a trade or even a particular education that's going to help them get a good job that will allow them close proximity to their young children or allow them to go to part-time and work from home or even allow them to take off work for three to five years so they can raise their kids and then get a job at a certain time later when the kids are older if that's what they want. I'm not opposed to that. Now, I know this is a little bit different from what you hear from modern day trad conservatives. A lot of these trads, you know, I hate the whole trad stuff because it's so silly. A lot of this, a lot of these trad conservatives are like, get married as young as possible. Don't even worry about your career at all, ladies. You shouldn't even worry about any kind of education. You should just get married and pop out as many babies as possible. I mean, you have the likes of like Charlie Kirk and Benny Johnson, they're telling people to get married as young as possible and have more kids than you can afford. That's verbatim, the quote. Get married as young as possible and have more kids than you can afford. It's very, very easy for them to say this from their $5 million mansion when their moms, their sorry, their wives have, have paid help to clean their house, to sometimes even help them babysit the kids. It's very easy for them to say that. I am a fan of people getting married young if if they find the right person and if they're ready for it. I think it's better to be smart and wait a little bit than get married young and get divorced young. I just I I think that's better. I'm not opposed to women getting married young, of course not. I want more women to get married and have kids. But I'm also being a fan of a woman being smart and capable enough that if she wants to go back to work later when the kids are like 10 years old, especially if she wants to help create generational wealth for her kids and help her kids have access to the best opportunities out there, I think that's fine to do as well. I know a lot of moms who they were smart, they got either a a good education or they had a good skill or trade. And they took time off to be with their young kids when the kids were little, they didn't work. And then when the kids were seven, eight years old, they went back to work, even if it's part-time or working from home or working a job near the kid's school. And they're able to, again, offer their kids some of the best opportunities. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Okay, I, you know, it's so funny. I see this video of the woman who had 13 weeks paid maternity leave and that just broke my heart. I had six weeks. When I had my job, my last job with when I was pregnant with my daughter, I got six weeks maternity leave. Six weeks. For those of you parents out there, think about how how little itty bitty your six week baby was. First day I had to go back to work, I cried and I quit. Well, I asked for a work from home policy and they gave me a three month work from home policy. And I said, okay, but then I worked from home from a day and I was like, no, I'm not going to want to go back to work in three months because three months is still really, really young for the baby. So I walked in and I said, I appreciate the offer, but I, I quit. I was fortunate enough. I am fortunate enough that I have skills to work part time from home to maintain some coaching clients. And I, you know, I can work as little as five hours a week and bring in some extra income and still raise my daughter pregnant with another. You know, I I feel very fortunate that I'm able to have that. And I wish that more women knew that this is an option and that this kind of option is available to you when you make certain choices in your younger years that offer you the skills and the opportunities to maintain a little bit of income if your family needs it. Because I totally understand that in this economy, it is impossible for a lot of couples to live on a single income, okay? And I know there are plenty of people out there who were like, well, you know, we made it work. We made sacrifices just like we did. We made sacrifices. You know, we went down to one car and we downsized our house. I get that many couples can do that too, but there are still 
a lot of families in today's horrible economy with super high inflation, housing costs out of control, who do everything they possibly can, and they're still struggling to make ends meet for their six children living on a single income, and the mom has to work somehow. Because our economy is tanked right now. 20 to 30 years ago, it was way easier to live on a single income. Hell, five years ago, it was easier to live on a single income. I get messages all the time from parents who say, we're making more money than we ever did before and we're poorer than ever before because housing costs have gone up. Like I said, inflation, groceries are so expensive now. Interest rates are crazy high. So when you're when the economy is in this kind of position and we're inevitably gonna go through ups and downs with the economy over the next several decades, next few decades, I don't think it's a bad thing for women to choose very wisely what kind of skills and trade they have that can allow them to continue contributing to their family finances while still raising their kids. I think a lot about how, um, you know, the sort of like trad trend is the, the current trend is like, I don't work at all as a mom because moms don't work ever you realize that like this is a very new recent modern phenomenon, this idea that the mom never ever contributes ever to the family's finances. If if a man were to get married to a woman and if she didn't help contribute to the family's finances at all, she would be considered a total waste. What do you think a dowry is? Like you pay for the wife because she's gonna come into your home and help you boost your little family's economic unit. I mean, that was a whole, like marriage was an economic unit. That was the whole point of getting married and having kids. So then now all of a sudden we've gone to this point with this trad trend thing where people encourage women to contribute zero financially to the family. I'm not saying that you have to contribute, okay? I'm not, again, two things can be true at once. I'm not saying that every mom has to work. If you are if you are comfortable financially on one income and the mom doesn't have to work, that's great. Focus on your kids. There's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm saying is that this whole trad trend has gone the total opposite way where it's saying that it's a bad thing for women to contribute financially to the family as if it's a failure on the mom's part, as if she should only focus on the children and nothing else. I think that I think it's it can be a good thing if a woman has some kind of skill in her back pocket that she intentionally, consciously, puts on the back burner so that she can focus on her kids. And if she wants to use that skill later when the kids are older to help generate generational wealth and more opportunities for the family, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But you have to be wise about the choices that you make, ladies. You can't go in and study these gender studies, liberal arts degrees, like learn how to code, learn a skill that is going to allow you to work from home for like five to 10 hours a week and still bring in some extra income if you need it. If we get to the point, which we are, where the economy is so bad that people are really struggling on a single income. So like when I see videos like that, of that woman crying because she has to drop off her 13-week-old baby. My first thought is, how did we get here as a society? How did we get here? I don't know what her family situation is. I don't know if she's married, if that's her first kid, if she's divorced, single mom. I don't know. All I know is that I get messages all the time from moms who had to go back to work somehow because our economy is in such a terrible state. And this is why I always say, do you want a better alternative to maternity leave? Don't we want to actually create a society and a culture like we used to have, like we used to have where it was easier for families to live on a single income? And you know what policy 
would make that much easier than a federally mandated maternity maternity leave would curb mass immigration. Mass immigration, both illegal and legal, has played a huge part in taking our economy. It's driven down wages. It's taken jobs away. It's essentially removed the middle class. It's driven up housing prices. And people love to point to countries like Hungary and the Czech Republic that offered paid maternity leave from the government. They're like, oh, you get 28 weeks in in the Czech Republic. Gosh, why can't we have that? You know why? Because they have some of the strictest immigration laws in the world. Hungary literally halted all immigration applications for like the first few months of 2024. They're like, nope, no more immigrants. No more immigrants. You can't come in the country anymore. Can you imagine what would happen to the United States if we halted immigration for a little bit? Obviously, halt illegal immigration, but even legal immigration. Why do we have to take in so many people? You really want to fix our economy and return to the ability for more women to stay home and raise their kids on a single income? Yeah, stop mass immigration. Okay, it's... It really gets me worked up because people have no idea how much immigration actually affects us. We take in more than half of the world's immigrants, and that's I think that's only counting legal immigrants. So then you factor in the hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants that are coming in across the border. And yes, they are driving down wages. That's because you have all of these undocumented immigrants and some of them even legal immigrants who are coming into the country and they're willing to work for an incredibly low hourly rate, driving down wages. And then they're also taking jobs away from the lower income class. And then people are like, but yeah, but you're the lower income class can't even stay home on a single income anyway. The whole point of the low income class in the United States is that we have such high up rates of upward mobility. Thomas Sowell talks about this a lot in some of his books. I forgot what the exact time frame is, but something like over a three-year period, 85% of the low socioeconomic status had moved up, upward mobility. They moved up into like the middle class within like a few years or even five to 10 years because the U.S. has extremely, the U.S. has great opportunities for upward mobility, but you can't have that if you can't even get a job because the jobs are being taken away from you by immigrants, both legal and illegal. So if we really, really want to have better, even better maternity leave, if we want to have better jobs, better incomes like they have in the Czech Republic and Hungary and Poland, and I think Finland too, I think Finland also has, um, let's see, immigration policies. I think Finland has pretty strict immigration policies too. If we want to have all of the nice things that those countries have, Why don't we do what they do when it comes to immigration? It is very simple. And I don't know why when I I try to educate women on this, they come into my DMs all hot and bothered and they're like, I can't believe you hate women so much that you don't want them to get paid leave. So stupid. I try to educate them on what would actually help women be able to stay home and raise their kids and they don't want to hear it. They're like offended at the idea that we would take in fewer immigrants every year. If you don't want to be offered real solutions, then why are you even having the conversation? They don't want real solutions. They just want to be paid to stay home with their babies. That's not how it works. And I actually believe another reason that maternity leave is not a good idea is because it it replaces what a strong family unit should offer to moms and children, 
Okay, so instead of whining about maternity leave, we need to be asking how we can create a better society, strengthen the family unit again, because our family unit is so weak. And I'm not just talking about nuclear family, I'm talking about extended family and extended community. The United States is incredibly hyper-individualized. So you have a lot of these families that are like, they think it's a burden to live near their extended family. They think it's weird if you live near your extended family. Most families now live a couple states away, at least a few hours away, if not farther. And the breakdown of family arguably started when you separated the nuclear family from the rest of the family. That made it easier for people to get divorced. It made it easier for parents to separate, made it easier for the infiltration of Marxist values. Like we have to understand that the weaker the family unit gets, the easier it is for infiltration, for brainwashing, for programming. And then you want to open it up so that the government is doing the job of what strong men should be doing for their families. How do you think that's a good idea? I don't think it's a good idea. I don't think that we should be doing everything we can to make sure that Moms are working full time when their kids are young. I think we should be focusing on creating a stronger family unit and teaching some financial sense to young couples. There was somebody on Twitter who commented on my page and I thought this was really great advice. She said, when I first got married to my husband, we got the piece of advice, learn to live on one income. Work Work until you have your first baby, but learn to live on just that one income and save or invest the second income so that whenever the first child comes, it's not going to feel any different whenever the mom has to quit her job or go down to part-time hours or, you know, have some kind of change financially. And I thought that advice was so great because we live in such a consumerist-based society that people get married, they spend $50,000 on a wedding, They spend all this exorbitant money going on vacations and traveling. And then they get to the point where they're like 33 and they're like, oh my gosh, we have to have a kid. This is so expensive. A kid costs $20,000 a year annually. And from the very beginning, even before they were married, you have a lot of these young people who are just spending all of their money. And then they're shocked when it gets to the point where they're like, what? I have to spend money on kids? We teach no financial sense to young adults. And so... That follows them into their early marriage. Couple that with the breakdown of a strong family unit. Of course, you're going to end up with moms who feel like they have no other choice than to work full time when their baby is 13 weeks old. So it's it's a combination of a lot of different things. Yes, our economy is bad. We need to curb mass immigration. And yes, the family unit is weak. And we're now putting women in the position where they feel like they have to work. There's no other choice. And then women pick the worst professions that don't give them any flexibility with work when it comes to their children being a young age. Women always choose like the lowest paying jobs. You know, they're like like social workers and early childhood teachers. It's like if you really, if you want, if you're so desperate to keep working when you have kids, even though, you know, we should be thinking about ways for you to stay home with them. But if you're really so desperate to be working when you have young kids, then pick a job that's going to be make it possible for you to do so. Pick a better job. We're just really failing moms and families in general. And this is not meant to vilify that mom in the video, for example. It's, this is not about vilifying her and making her sound like she's dumb and made the wrong choices. I think that it's just a combination of a lot of different things right now. And the fact that we keep coming back to federally mandated maternity leave is frustrating because it's not going to help anything. It's not. 
It is is just like I said, the delay of the same outcome, moms being separated from their young babies, and we should not want that for anybody. That's that. That's all I got. Um, I don't know what else there is today. I think I had some other topics lined up, but we'll do that in another episode. This one was long enough. And um, yeah, so I, you know, I really, I really wish, I hope one day that I can help young moms learn how to make some money from home by working very, very minimal hours, basically like when their baby's sleeping, when their kids are taking a nap or sleeping at night. Because I know that it's it's tough out there right now. Our economy is horrible. But I wish more mom more moms understood that there are options, ladies. You don't have to slave away in this career nine to five every day. I had a mom comment on my page. She's like, you have no idea. It's impossible to give up a career, not a job, but a career. It's impossible to give it up when you reach a certain salary level and a certain, uh, certain career level. I'm like, no, it's not. These women are convinced that they are slaves to their jobs. They're convinced that they are chained to the jobs no matter what. Nobody is forcing you to stay with these jobs. There are ways to make a little bit of extra money from home. And even if it's like a few grand a month, you can make from home by doing very minimal work. I really, I hope one day I can help more moms earn a little bit more money from home if they need to. Because there are options out there, ladies. I gave up a, people thought I was crazy for giving up my career. They thought I was insane because they were like, you have a dream job. And I did, you know, give up six figure salary and great health insurance. I gave up a lot of stuff to stay home with my daughter. People thought I was insane. People made up stories about me online. Like I did something crazy to get fired. Like, no, this is how even people on the right cannot imagine that a woman would give up her dream job to be home with her children. Like they just can't imagine it. But it's possible. We are not chained to our jobs. There is nothing forcing you to stay with your jobs. And I think that, again, with this consumerist society, so many moms and and dads, parents, families have become accustomed to a life of luxury, two cars, big house, all the streaming services, going out to eat off and traveling every single year. My husband and I haven't taken a vacation in like four years. It's not something that I'm like thrilled about, but we're... We're making do, we're getting by because I don't have a full salary anymore like we did. We we cut corners, a lot of families are doing the same things. So you are not, there's nothing holding you to your job if you really don't wanna be there. That's it. Oh, our next guest is gonna be really great. Um, we have someone who's coming in the studio, it's not a virtual interview, it's someone in the studio to talk about a fantastic documentary that you have to see, it's called The War on Children. It is free to watch on Twitter, on X, I keep calling it Twitter, whatever, it's forever Twitter to me. Um, you can watch it for free and it's a really, really fantastic film about how they're targeting children from all different angles in this country, social media, companies and corporations. Legally, there's so many ways that they're attacking children, child trafficking, all this stuff. So check it out and we'll have the guest in next time. Have a great one, everybody. See you next time. Bye.